please be advised that all video and audio recordings were completed before the COVID-19 pandemic. Black Female Project. When I think about the demand or the, the call for black educators, so often I feel like, and I have, have seen, where there is a desire to have black faces, but not black people. Ooh, child. Yeah. So. So, um, you know, I'm just, well, I just know that the optic needs to be right. I know that this is Oakland and we really are serving the community, black and brown children, a diverse communities. But it's important that, you know, we really value and acknowledge and uphold the black women who come into this work and, and all that we are asked to do and all of the times in which you're called upon or waited for to go and acknowledge that particular parent or that particular student. But then when it's, when it's time to actually honor your opinion or honor your input, there's a shift. So I'm good enough to deescalate the, the challenges that come before you, but I'm not necessarily valued in terms of the decision-making about what children and a community need. So, you know, there are just things like that that exist. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Black Female Project Podcast. I trust our opening commentary has grabbed your attention as it features one of the guests from our 2019 Black Female Educator Conversation with our longtime partner, Black Teacher Project. During this two-part series, we'll listen to a discussion centered around the vastness of Black women as educators. During this portion of the conversation, there is a heavy dialogue on the roles Black women educators have been relegated to despite their wealth of wisdom. Listen in, as I'm curious to learn more about your personal experiences that resonate with this episode. It's our fourth annual Black Teacher Project, Black Female Project mm -hmm. Conversation. Four more years! That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the reason why we do it, not just because it's so soul-filling, is because every time we are in awe by the time we leave. And I know some of the people in the room, this isn't your first time here. So thank you. Misha? Hi, everyone. I met at Greedy Do All a moment ago, Misha Mosley, founder and director of the Black Teacher Project. Um, our work is focused around um, sustaining a Black teaching force of uh, folks who reflect the diversity and excellence of Black people in this country and to use that force to transform our schools. And so uh, you're looking at four amazing women who are up to that work um, here in the Bay Area. Uh, we're really excited. Much of our work is focused on supporting black teachers within racial affinity, understanding that there are conversations and perspectives um, that black teachers can share and learn from one another um, that happen in a, in a special space in that way. Um, we're also working to change schools and that requires doing work um, both in racial affinity and in alliance across racial difference. We know that no substantive change has occurred without us actually working together across race. So it becomes the both and. Yes, all right. So the first um, 
thing we offer is just um, what what about tonight resonates for you? Why did you say yes when someone called? I said yes because the Black Teacher Project was uh, instrumental in helping me when I was at a place personally and professionally of really doing some searching. Mm -hmm. I came out um, to this same event two years ago and met the person who invited me to, to come out and speak and uh, wound up making a connection that helped me to leave a space that was toxic for me and move to the next place. So I felt like it was the universe and the Lord just saying, you know, it's time for you to pay that forward. So I couldn't really turn it down. I said, okay, mm -hmm. it just makes sense. This was my first Black Teacher Project event. Mm. What's your name? Diane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm Ravon Jones. I'm here tonight because um, I'm pretty much at anything where black women are being centered. <laughs> um, because I think it's just, we were kind of talking about this earlier, like black women aren't centered enough. And when people do center black women, it's like, oh, sorry, you know, and apologizing. So when I saw that, you know, there's an entire organization that's dedicated to that. And also this event was dedicated to that. That really resonated for me. Um, and I, I was happy to be a part of it, like really honored to be asked. And also like, was at the Black Teacher Project retreat a few weeks ago. And it was the first time in a while that I was like, I'm around people who genuinely want me to thrive and not for their benefit, but actually for me. Um, so I feel like the least I could do is show up, you know, when they're having something and ask me to be there. Well, I'm Shilvina Knight. And when I got the email from, for, from Quran, I was like, so, but yeah, but it's it's with the for me Black Teacher Project, which has sustained me since yeah. I first began teaching. So yeah. I'm very yeah. Anything you ask, I'll say yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I'm I'm Fatima Glenns and. I, I think that the first thing that when you that question, I was like, Curlos asked me to. That's why. I'll be doing stuff and it'd be awesome. So, mm -hmm. yes. Sure. Um, and yeah, it's so much of what folks were just saying too is about it being in a black space around education and just wanted to support that. You know, you have to, you actually have to go and be there and be supporting it to be supporting it. So, mm -hmm. I was like, mm -hmm. yes, I, I'm, I'm all about making that happen. Mm -hmm. Where do you all teach and how long have you been educators? I teach at Envision Academy, which is like really close to here. Um, this is my second year teaching full time. So I think I'm the newbie of this group. So yeah, I teach government 12th grade. So I teach at uh, Anna Yates in Emeryville. This is my fourth year teaching in the public school arena, but I've been teaching for Apparently over 25 years. I had to think about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So over 25 years. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I'm a uh, I'm second year full time teacher mm -hmm. in sixth grade science over at Oakland Seoul School of Language on 70th Ave. Um, and before that, I was teaching architecture like all over the Bay. So it was just really, but it was really important to me to become a public school teacher specifically. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I'm the principal of Manzanita Seed in Oakland Unified School District. This is my fifth year as a principal and my 21st year as a public school educator. Um, and I think it's important. I mean, a black female project, it's like, wow, like really for us and like to acknowledge us 
I think the black teacher project, as much as I was blown away, that's like professionally. So I'm like, but then when you combine that with black female, that's like, however, it, it's not connected to the profession or what I, you know, what I'm doing. So that really blows me away. When I think about the, the demand or the, the call for black educators, so often I feel like, and I have, have seen where there is a desire to have black faces, but not black people. Ooh, yeah. So. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm just, well, I just know that the optic needs to be right. I know that this is Oakland and we really are serving the community, black and brown children, a diverse communities. But it's important that, you know, we really value and acknowledge and uphold the black women who come into this work and, and all that we are asked to do and all of the times in which you're called upon or waited for to go and acknowledge that particular parent or that particular student. But then when it's, when it's time to actually honor your opinion or honor your input, there's a shift. So I'm good enough to deescalate the, the challenges that come before you, but I'm not necessarily valued in terms of the decision-making about what children and a community need. So, mm -hmm. you know, there are just things like that that exist. Sounds like that's resonating. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because it's making me think of what Rayvon was saying, that same same piece where like, we're constantly leaned on to do double work, triple work, quadruple work. Mm -hmm. And that without honoring the fact that work is work. Work is my life force. That's mm -hmm. what I'm given to, given to this and to be acknowledged for that. And not even just, just to truly be honored. And so to be in part of a system where you're trying to lift up children to recognize their own quality and yet you're constantly being not acknowledged for your work, your quality. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I gotta, I gotta break this all apart because yeah. I'm saying one thing, but it's looking like a complete other thing. Mm -hmm. So, and that to me is one of the challenges about being in Oakland. These are the children we wanna serve, but this is a popular city. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to make points over being here. They wanna be around our children and say, I did this and now huh. pay me more. When it's in still our kids that we're not serving, that we're there, we're not growing and seeing the success we want to see. So then, of course, these kinds of things where like, no, gather together and let's make this happen. Let's let's make this real and finding each other and supporting each other. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I need a black principal, y'all. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I need all black teachers. I need a black principal. Mm -hmm. Let's make this happen because everybody else is not making it work. And yet, this is where oh, we get the most dollar per children, per child, per student. And yet still my, my black girls are, are like, yo, I need to get you on grade level for reading. What? Mm -hmm. right. like all the time, all the, every year after year after year. And yet everyone's putting all this energy, all this money. I want to see results. You know, it's like, well, how do we make those results happen? Yeah, so, um, so last year was my first year at Anna Yates and uh, I was tutoring, tutoring uh, fourth grade and reading. And it's intervention. So I had kids, kinder, you know, all the way. They, kinder first grade, but they're in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. So go to the curriculum director. We're going to tutor. We need an intervention, you know, type of uh, program. And it came back guided reading. Went back, had conversations. And when I think on it, I look back and it was the three black, uh, the special ed black teacher, the other fifth grade black teacher, myself saying, this isn't the intervention that they need for reading. Mm -hmm. And oh, no, no, this is gonna be good. And I was like, no, so now I have to, so they bought it anyway. And so now I have to figure out how to make that work, uh -huh. you know, for, to get the kids reading, moving, 
And then, you know, that's that's why I went back to school also. Because I was like, she got a doctorate in career. She's huh. not doing nothing with huh. her. You know, we just <laughs> went. Yeah, we just went and uh, just said, this is not what they need. And you just ignored everything that the mm. three black women had, who have the information. You ignore. I sent you links. <laughs> you know, I sent you mm-hmm. links and everything. And you just went on and did whatever you wanted to do. But this wasn't what our children needed, but you went and bought it anyway. So I have to figure out how to move the, the children forward with what you bought, which is not all that great. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't. And, and I don't know how you got your doctorates, but I know I can do better than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so much of what y'all are saying is resonating with me for a lot of reasons. Um, like first the piece around people wanting black faces. And I think a lot of times they want black faces so they could get away with white supremacy. Um, and if you're not that, and if you're a person who's vocal, that's seen as a problem. And they also, I also noticed that um, white folks in education, like a certain kind of black person, they want someone they feel like they can save. They want someone who seems helpless. So for you to be a confident black woman in a space is seen as threatening, right? It's like you're cocky or um, you're unfriendly. You're labeled as all of these different things. When one, I'm just trying to do what's best for our kids and not necessarily as worried about what the other adults are feeling. Um, but also the fact that you want me to be weak so that you can feel super strong for helping me, right? And that's something I'm experiencing a lot as a newer teacher. Um, people who like asking me what I need and then gaslighting me at the same time, right? And saying, actually, we're already doing these things for you as if I'm supposed to just be happy to be there. Um, so, yeah. Alan, I think that's part of what it means to be a black woman in this profession. You should be grateful to be here. You know, you, you, you got to do this. Lucky you because we know your people really weren't recognized as educated, you know, good enough to do, build the country and do everything else, but not teach anybody how to read. So it's, it's that kind of sentiment, like you should be grateful, go sit down and be quiet. And when you're not gonna play into that, like, no, I'm not here to sit down and be quiet. I am gonna continue to address the inequities and to address what's being allowed to happen for black and brown children in our schools, then people are suddenly feeling unsafe Mm. and attacked Mm -hmm. because your tone, you know, you're not really kissing my behind the way I need you to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the idea of like, if I bring awareness about something, if I'm doing great things, people are so used to this narrative of black women as being the mules of the world and that we're going to do things and silently not be recognized. I'm not not about to stand for that, right? Like people are used to being around folks who don't know their value. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you're demanding, like I should be paid for these extra hours I'm putting in, I gave you an an idea for this, you need to credit me for that. You need to prop me publicly like you do these white people. People are like, that's seen as a problem. Right. Um, Because people are used to us not saying anything Mm -hmm. um, or or us saying things and then just brushing it off. The mission of the Black Teacher Project is to develop and sustain black teachers to lead and reimagine schools as communities of liberated learning. The Black Teacher Project's vision is that every student will benefit from the diversity, excellence, and leadership of an empowered Black teaching force. You can find out more information at www.blackteacherproject.org. I wanna just probe a little bit there. Mm -hmm. How do you keep your voice? So, well, one, how did how did you how did you gain your voice, and what do you do to sustain it? So, in a place that you know, you all have talked about the the messages and the structures to silence you. 
where do you find your voice and how do you maintain it in the face of all of that? I think staying um, rooted in, in the greater power that I serve mm -hmm. and knowing that I can't do this work. I can't lead a school or a community from a place of fear. Um, if I'm constantly afraid, then I would I would be um, paralyzed almost. So I have to know that the one who brought me this far will continue to carry me, whether it's in Oakland Unified or beyond. What I, I have to really walk in that faith, and I have to be comfortable with letting people know that. Like, I, I earned this position. I'm not here because of some hookup or someone just thought I was nice, because that, that's not what happened. And um, really just being true to myself and I think part of it too is I have been I have been given that well you made me feel unsafe no you just feel unsafe because maybe you have an issue because I didn't do anything to you mm -hmm. um it, and, and if I'm speaking to you and I'm sitting down in a chair not yet what are you feeling unsafe about like what how do you how did you feel attacked and I'm sitting down so maybe there's something going on with you and so just getting to a place where I was able to name that and let people know I'm, I'm gonna push back on your you're, you're just little superiority tactics and trying to keep me wherever you think I should be. I'm not gonna be uh, led or dictated by fear. I have something to say, I'm gonna say it. Mm -hmm. And you may not like it and that's okay. You say things that I don't like. Mm -hmm. And if we really wanna go into attacks, uh -huh. you know, I can go uh -huh. toe to toe for you about some attacks <laughs> that have, have really happened, mm -hmm. but we're still standing. Oh, that's right. And I, I want to appreciate Ravon being so young and knowing and having the confidence and the voice because I think uh, I was not that age. <laughs> I was when I was your age. I didn't have the voice, and now I look at you know. And I was talking to a teacher, and she was like, "But I, I don't want to get in trouble." I was like, "Girl, how old are you? You you can't get in trouble. You're an adult. They either gonna like what you do or they know. don't. But you can't get in trouble like you are a child. And you know, and I remember when that when that first it was like, I can't get in trouble. What are, no, you know, I'm too old to get in trouble. But I wish I'd had it when I was your age because I had, you know, you grow up thinking, oh, you know, I don't want to get in trouble, or you have the fear, I don't want to lose my job. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, right now. So <laughs> right now, I don't care. But I wish I had it, you know, when I was your age. So and it got me in trouble when I was young. Like I think about my voice and like being labeled as a defiant student in school. Um, like I always got in trouble for talking back, but it was because I cared so much about respect. Like I remember being like fifth grade. And a teacher would say something, and I'm like, she thinks she's better than me. Mind you, I'm like 11 years old. Um, and this person does know a lot more than me, but it's just like the way that I was spoken to, that got me in trouble a lot. Or even with parents, like not like always asking questions. And, you know, black parents be like, why are you questioning me? And I'm like, I genuinely want to know, like, why is it that we do things this way? And that's got me in trouble. But I think the way I keep my voice in spite of that is like, being around other black women, honestly, and being around folks who I can go back and talk to and be like, this thing happened. Like, do you think I'm tripping? And they'd be like, no, you're not tripping. Like yeah. that, that, that really affirms me. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't have that, I would think I was on an island, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why like, you know, these projects are so important because otherwise yeah. you think you're just out here dreaming and imagining stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. For me, one of the things that keep me like fighting to, to stay vocal and to stay, stay clear and is, uh, is success. Like. I, we actually it's not done yet the work is not oh. done yet 
So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, well, until the work is done, we need to keep talking about how to solve the issue, solve the problem. And so it, I, it, it took me a second career to come into teaching and to be able to d- directly serve children of color. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, it's like, until all my girls tell me they want to be a scientist, it's not over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to be like, yeah, science, 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 mm-hmm. there's more science. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can you read on that book? Let's do yeah. this. You know, mm-hmm. where's your summer job? Let's do this. Until it's like, until it feels like natural, until I, all my kids are bilingual. That's, mm. I mean, that really for me, I, I, I have a certain level of success I wanted to attain. Um, mm. And until that happens, it's just like, mm-hmm. let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we have to keep going. When we were having our earlier <coughs> conversation, I was saying it's been decades. Nation at Risk came out and we're still in the same spot. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> why are we still in the same spot? They keep bringing new stuff, but we need to start looking at other uh, reasons. Like for me, I was the population of teachers uh, for urban children, black and brown students are between 80 and 85 percent, depending on what uh, state you're in. And it's all it's all white teachers and our children are still failing. So. You made a good point, though, when you when you brought up about the impact of, you know, integration versus segregation and and what that really meant Uh for the community. So Mm -hmm. that's something to really reflect on. We were never really integrated. I don't think now they said that we were. But if we were integrated, would not our teachers have been integrated? into the system well, instead of the black teachers yeah, they fired 30, schools, 30 right? to 50 thousand black teachers and principals and then now people are like what happened to and the black teaching we need black sense. teachers right yeah, yeah. and principals like, and closing schools we had we were there yeah. but it wasn't a true integration it was let's just take the kids who are actually doing i think academically better which mm-hmm. you know like my dad didn't graduate from eighth grade but he went on to become the supervisor in a steel mill, you know, his intelligence and, you know, all of that was there. But, you know, we have kids now who we're teaching like, huh, what, <laughs> what type of thinking do you have? Where did it come from? You know, and it's, it's, it's been an effect ever since that time that they were, have taken black children away from people invested in their future and in them and who they are and, and knowing what they had to face as they move through this world that is set up for us to fail and put them, you know, and we just need to start thinking about how we can bring them back under our, uh, <coughs> within the fold. But it's recognized that it's not working and that's why they want to go get the one black teacher in the school to address or support the black parent or the black student or to can you could you kind of like w- go ahead and say it now what is it you you know um so and so needs well you know i don't know i don't know what you're saying go ahead and say it make it plain for me yeah. well i just thought maybe they'd understand you no i think we both pretty understandable right. what exactly is it that you you know basically i want you to go address and talk to the black student and the black parent um because that's what I see you as here for. You, you're here to address that, whereas I'm here for everyone else. But I can't really support can black I children. Push a little bit because it sounds like okay, we want more black teachers, but then it's like, don't say that I'm just here to be black. 
So then what, what is that role, if not to be those that liaison with the community? And so that's the thing, though, Misha. That's what's so deep about what Diana is saying and, and what Shalina is saying, because that's exactly what goes down, right? That's what oppression is. You mm. break a thing and you sell a solution. That's not really a solution. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, then now there's no support for us teaching our own people and for us to be teachers and feel educated and be role models to each other. Because I'm thinking about, you know, historic black colleges. What does that actually feel like to be around all of us and to be seen as striving? And then to be in a situation where, no, I'm overloaded because I'm only one person. I'm not doing this in community. You're trying to use me every which way. So how can I be successful when all I am trying to do is serve my children? Right. So then it's like, well, yo, can I stay in Oakland? No. Do we have mm. a, a pathway for our children to also become educators? Is that a possible solution? But no, any of our kids that go and do after school, that's not a livable wage. All that part-time trying to get in it. Yeah. And then I got to pay to get my credential. How am I? Come on, I have a, right. my community leader, my community schools manager. She's a natural, natural principal. This woman is a leader in, mm. in it. How, a single mom, how many yeah. years can you do to get these degrees in order to get this, in order to, to be doing, to, excuse me, to get paid what you are doing? Yeah. To get paid what you're doing, you know? So it's like, it's like, well, how do we, how do we keep on adjusting the structure? Because it really is really specific. It's not, I don't think it's to Asian people. I don't think it's to Indian people. It really is trying to use our children for income for no, and not for their benefit. You know, mm. from the penal system to the education system, really gonna take that fucking education away mm. and us be a part of it? I mean, is this one of those things? It's like, you didn't, and no, I only wanna work with a black principal. I, I, need to see, I need to see your real street cred. I wanna know you live in Oakland. I wanna know you do this in Oakland. I wanna see it all in Oakland. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, no, don't don't come here. Don't do this. Don't play mm -hmm. with us. You know, at, at some point, it really feels like it needs to be a, we need a new bar. We need a new something <laughs> to like get the fakes, the phonies out. Because it's really, there's a lot of potential. There's a lot that could be happening. Oakland started the free lunch project. I mean, mm -hmm. come on, that's not, I didn't even know that. And I grew up in New York public school. Free lunch was real. real <laughs> I was like, yo, free lunch? Beef patties, really though. I mean, come on, cultural response and free lunch. It's real. What did you feel about pizzas? That's how we felt about beef patties. That's real. But I did not know that was created by black people for their black children. Right. That's, wow. I want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting with your question around like, like I don't personally have a problem with folks coming to me and like, you know, utilizing my strength and value as a black person on campus. And um, I would like to be acknowledged for doing that work and the fact that I bring that capital that other people don't. Like at least acknowledge that and like make sure I'm also being fed in the process. And I think that's what's missing. Mm -hmm. And that's why black teachers aren't retained, like leaving the, the teaching force quicker than they're entering because once people get into it and they actually commit to it, first of all, there's so many hoops you have to jump through to even get there, which is like a whole conversation about how much the C-sets cost, how much all of these things cost, like when it comes down to money. Um, but also like once I finally get there, what are you doing to actually keep me? So like I'm working at a network that has a goal, a specific number to retain this number of black staff. 90%. 90% of black staff. Um, and just based on conversations I've been having, 
I don't think that's gonna happen going into next year, right? Um, okay, right, okay, right. So this is my coworker right here. Um, because like, what does it actually look like to keep us there? And they've been having these conversations, but like, what is the actual commitment? So they don't actually wanna do what it takes to keep black staff, but they love having us there. I don't think people know, I think people are aware of our value, they're not stupid. Um, but what does it actually mean to keep me here and keep me happy here, you know? Yeah, and that's what's missing. So how do these experiences shape you personally? Because I'm hearing different levels, uh, levels meaning sometimes I feel like this, sometimes I handle it this way, sometimes yeah. I do this. How would you define, and looking at it right now, and maybe even if you want to talk about how you've evolved over time? Just curious. Mm -hmm. I, I moved to the Bay in, uh, back in the three, and so it, it was, uh, uh, my background's in architecture and mechanical engineering, and so it's really just to come out and kind of try and make it in that field. And the more I was in that field, it, it really was very, I felt the separation of children. Like, to me, living in San Francisco, you don't see children. And I'm from New York City, where, like, you see everybody all the time. Uh -huh. And so I was actually really struck. I was like, but, but where are the children? Where, did, where are the kids at? Where, what happens here? I don't understand. Um, and then I had the opportunity to start teaching architecture. I was like, yeah, go ahead, Bay Area. can do this in New York. You can just go teach your field because for me it was one of those ways that um, less children of color were getting into architecture because they didn't start as early um, and so they because you didn't have access to whatever you know anyway the earlier you get them in the better mm -hmm. um, but then I noticed that there were really no children of color that I was teaching either so even if we finally got to teach at the school at Oakland it was the Hebrew day school so mm -hmm. I was like, well, that, this is Oakland, but this is not so Oakland. Mm -hmm. and, and it still was like this huge, huge rift and divide between quality education and children of color. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I guess I have to go get a, a, get a teacher credential to go get mm -hmm. with these kids. You know, and so that's really what just that desire, literally just the desire to be able to directly affect our kids like that's how many barriers for a professional person to go support children of color and that was really shocking to me mm -hmm. you know and so um and again just looking for that to to be part of that wave of black educators that mm -hmm. you see a difference you know i want oakland to be one of those like pop-ups i felt like new york even you know you could figure out there were so many different programs so much funding so much innovation kind of in education that you could find a way out you could use education, and I just don't. I, I would like to be part of more of creating that structure in mm -hmm. um, so that children of color is like, no matter what you do, you're gonna find success. It's not. Right. I, don't, I don't need you to go to college. I need you to get this, be on this pathway, and have this skill set, and go do this so that you can be successful. Um, and just building up, in a sense, that black infrastructure for our kids to, from you know, beginning school into success was really important to me, and that's kind of led me even to this career and to this to this moment right now. Mm. I feel like I'm in, I'm in a situation right now where my experiences as a black woman and teacher have caused me to isolate myself from other teachers on staff. Mm -hmm. um, and they can probably speak to this. Um, even though I have love for them and I think they are really well-intentioned, I'm a completely different person when I'm just today, like we had a minimum day and then we have professional development right after. And if you were to see me go from my classroom into PD, you'd be like, who is this chick? Like, how is she, why is she changing her complete personality? Because in my classroom, I'm super comfortable. I feel super celebrated. I feel loved. I'm having so much fun. I'm like running around the room doing all these different things. Um, in PD, a lot of times I'm just like, I'm silent, you know? And it's because I don't feel that same love in that space. 
And I, you know, I'm a, I've been at this school for three years and I've kind of like, I think you, you try at it for a while mm-hmm. and I'm at the point where maybe it's just not going to happen here. Right. In which case I need to, to stay where I feel that love, which is in my room. But that also like, how, to what extent does that benefit my kids? Right. I mean, she mm-hmm. talks about this all the time, you know, like you go, you just closing your door, you know, being your own in a basement, which is easy. I'm like, you, nobody has to come down here, <laughs> but I do want to make sure that throughout the day that my kids are having beautiful experiences. Um, and I can't really achieve that if I'm on my own, but I think that's the main impact it's had for me is that isolation, you know, thinking about what, what you asked about, you know, the purpose of being, um, a teacher in service of black and brown children, if you're not going to be the person who's called upon. And I think what I'm maybe failing to articulate better is that, it's one thing to be called upon, you know, like see, or like um, black administrators where we can be student services and dealing with discipline and behavior. But that's not sufficient because what's really going to move um, move the needle for our kids is instructional leadership and making sure that our kids can read, write and think. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I don't don't call upon me to be the black woman to keep those black children in line, Uh, mm -hmm. but not consider me when we talk about Uh, instruction mm -hmm. and being culturally responsive and thinking about what our students really need and how how they respond to seeing themselves in the text and the material. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of looking for that balance of like, why are all of the disciplinary type roles that's for us but the instructional Uh, you know talking about curriculum or saying you know i don't think we should select this curriculum oh well anyhow we're gonna get it you know so i think that's maybe what i'm trying to really help clarify like don't don't pigeonhole me to this role of the black female disciplinarian Mm -hmm. but I'm an educator. Um, and so I want to be included in that conversation. And if I give you feedback about a curriculum, it should it should be weighed in. It shouldn't be dismissed. And the only place that I'm really hurt or or you're coming to get me is around discipline mm-hmm. because that's not what it's all about. Black Female Project. We invite you to learn more about the women in this episode, Black Female Project, and ways to support the project by going to www.blackfemaleproject.org.